Welcome to WNRI's Memorial Day presentation.
received in the name of our country the bodies of four Marines who had died while on active duty. I said then that there is a special sadness that accompanies the death of a serviceman, for we're never quite good enough to them. Not really, we can't be, because what they gave us is beyond our powers to repay. And so when a serviceman dies, it's a tear in the fabric, a break in the hole, and all we can do is remember. It is, in a way, an odd thing to honor those who died in defense of our country, in defense of us, in wars far away. The imagination plays a trick. We see these soldiers in our mind as old and wise. We see them as something like the founding fathers, grave and gray-haired. But most of them were boys when they died, and they gave up two lives, the one they were living and the one they would have lived. When they died, they gave up their chance to be husbands and fathers and grandfathers. They gave up their chance to be revered old men. They gave up everything for our country, for us. We owe them a debt we can never repay. All we can do is remember them and what they did and why they had to be brave for us. Vietnam veteran, Father Phil Salwa. Today we're going to be celebrating a very special day in America, the day where we memorialize all of our veterans who have served and all of our armed forces who have given their, their lives to their country. And it's a very special day for all of us, but especially for us who are veterans. And I'm a veteran of the United States Army Vietnam. I was in the infantry, and I lost two of my buddies over there. And so Memorial Day, I always think of them and pray for them. And I remember all of the other ones in Vietnam and all of the other wars, World War II, Korea, World War One, and especially those of recent times, the Desert Storm. And we have just, I just learned that we are up to 39 uh, veterans who have given their lives in the service of Operation Iraqi Freedom and Operation Enduring Freedom. So uh, we want to remember all of them and their families who are mourning their loss. One of the things I want to share with you today is you're probably not aware of is um, to remind you all that there are a lot of tombstones in Normandy and other cemeteries in Europe who his names would be familiar to us because there are many of them are from Rhode Island, from Woonsocket. Years ago, there was a memorial in the Precious Blood Cemetery for those who had given their lives and were killed overseas, and their bodies were never returned to the United States. They were buried overseas. There was an opportunity at the war ended uh, that the government would return the remains if you requested, the family requested it. But many of them didn't and let them lie there in those graves, in those cemeteries, beautiful cemeteries in Normandy. And so what that memorial in Precious Blood Cemetery really got deteriorated and got broken down. And, and the United Veterans Council of Woonsocket decided we would take up a project to build a a memorial, and the memorial has been designed by our own Dan Gurnan, right from Woonsocket here. If you're familiar with Dan, Dan is one that uh, did the mural down at St. Joe's uh, 
Veterans Association and in the basement there, that beautiful wall mural. He's done much artwork in the city and sculpted a lot of things. So he designed this beautiful memorial and it's uh, in being built right now and the names are being put on. Of all the names uh, from Winsocket residents that were in World War II that were killed and never were returned, but are interred in Normandy and other places. And that is going to be placed, we're hoping the target date will be a Veterans Day of this year for the dedication. It will be placed in the World War II Memorial Park. And so I'm sure you'll be hearing more about that as time gets near. But I wanted to make you aware of that. To remember, not only those who were killed and are interred in our cemeteries in the United States, but those who are interred overseas in Europe, in Italy, in France, and in England, and in the Philippines, and in Northern Africa. So we have cemeteries all over the, all over the world, people who died from Woonsocket. I wanted to share with you a very special poem that really I, I love to do around Memorial Day. And I'm sure you've heard it over and over again, and it's called In Flanders Field. And it was composed by a British soldier on the occasion of the loss of his colleague in war was shot. And he wrote this beautiful poem, which is really a prayer. It goes like this. In Flanders Field, where poppies blow, Between the crosses, row on row, That mark our place amid the sky, the lark still bravely singing fly, scarce heard amid the guns below. We are the dead, short days ago. We lived, felt dawn, saw sunset glow. Loved and were loved, and now we lie in Flanders' fields. Take up our quarrel with the foe. To you from failing hands we throw. The torch be yours to hold it high. If ye break faith with us who die, we shall not sleep, though poppies grow in Flanders' field. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, the one who orders all living beings to live in love and harmony, we implore your heavenly blessings upon all of us gathered here together to remember and honor all the men and women who answered the call of this great nation to serve in the armed forces of the United States of America to not only protect our country from all enemies, foreign and domestic, but also to assist those allied nations who could never do it alone with their own resources. Over 75 years ago, on June 6, 1944, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt asked his fellow citizens to join him in prayer as American troops were landing on the shores of Normandy, launching one of the most dangerous and complicated battles of World War II. Knowing the terrible odds our boys were facing as they crossed a quarter mile of open beach under heavy Nazi fire, President Roosevelt beseeched you, Almighty God, on behalf of an anxious nation in one of the largest mass prayers in history. And it went like this. Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a might endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity. Some will never return. Embrace these, Father, and receive them, thy heroic servants, into thy kingdom. Let us employ these same words and supplications as we look at the troubled spots in the world we face that face our brave military in Iran, Iraq, Syria, Afghanistan, North Korea, and countless other places. Keep us strong in our faith and fidelity to you, dear God. Let us also never forget those who never returned from foreign soil, our prisoners of war, those still missing in action, and those unaccounted for. Let us keep them and our families 
in our daily thoughts and prayers until they are all returned to us. In your thoughts and in prayers, dear God, we pray, and we all said, Amen. May God bless you all on this day, and may this day be holy and blessed for all of us. May all of them rest in peace. May eternal light shine upon all of our veterans forever and ever. Amen. Andrews Tower, good morning. Angel Fly Bravo Zero Two, ready for takeoff. Angel Fly Bravo Zero Two, you're number one for takeoff. Runway Two Five, get them home, boys. All I ever wanted to do was fly Leave this world and live in the sky I left the C-130 out of Fort Worth town I go up some days I don't want to come down Well, I fly that plane Call the angel flight Come on, brother, you're with me tonight Between heaven and earth You're never alone On the angel flight Come on, brother, I'm taking you this land But tonight this flight's for another man We do what we do cause we heard the call Some gave a little but he gave it all I fly that plane Call the angel flight church in here tonight It don't matter where we touch down On the angel flight it's sacred ground When I fly that plane Call the angel flight Got a hero riding with us Take it.
Cumberland Collision, 1400 Diamond Hill Road, Cumberland, is Northern Rhode Island's preferred destination for complete auto body and collision repairs. Whether it's a small bumper repair or heavy body damage, we are a full-service repair center with a focus on detail unparalleled in the industry. Our technicians are fully trained and qualified to get your vehicle back on the road in no time. Cumberland Collision, 1400 Diamond Hill Road, Cumberland. Call us at 401-333-5855 or visit us online at cumberlandcollision.com. As we approach Memorial Day weekend, I want to take a moment to reflect on what the holiday means and what members of the Rhode Island National Guard have done in the past few months. On Memorial Day, we remember those who lost their lives and could not come home, reflecting on their service and their contributions to the freedoms we enjoy today. Since the fight against COVID-19 began, a record number of National Guard men and women have stood up against this invisible enemy. I am extremely proud of the service you have provided to our great state. Coronavirus did not diminish our spirit or the memories of those that we have lost. I hope you will take a step back during this holiday weekend, celebrate life, and enjoy the time with your family. Thank you and your families for your sacrifice and all you do. Always ready, always there. Welcome to Operation Stand Down Rhode Island's 2020 virtual presentation of the Boots on the Ground for Heroes Memorial. We do have presenting today the Rhode Island fallen in the global war on terror. So we are once again calling on you to help us honor our fallen heroes this Memorial Day. We started this memorial as a tribute to U.S. service members killed in action during the global war on terror. And because of all your support, the Boots on the Ground for Heroes Memorial has grown and taken on a life of its own. And we thank you for your continued support. Please join us now for a final roll call of the Rhode Island fallen in the global war on terror. Specialist Michael Andre, Army National Guard. Captain Matthew J. August, Army. Sergeant Gregory A. Belanger, Army Reserve. Sergeant Charles T. Caldwell, Army National Guard. Staff Sergeant Joseph Camara, Army National Guard. Captain Christopher S. Cash, U.S. Army. Lance Corporal Holly A. Charette, U.S. Marine Corps. Private First Class Kyle J. Kutu, U.S. Marine Corps. Second Lieutenant Matthew S. Kutu, U.S. Army. Master Sergeant Richard L. Ferguson, U.S. Army. Sergeant Dennis J. Flanagan, U.S. Army. PS3, Ronald A. Gill, Jr., 
United States Coast Guard. Sergeant Moises Jasmine, U.S. Army. Staff Sergeant Dale James Kelly, Jr., Army National Guard. Sergeant First Class Curtis Mancini, Army Reserve. Staff Sergeant Timothy Raymond McGill, Army National Guard. First Sergeant Peter A. McKenna, Jr., U.S. Army. Sergeant Michael F. Paranzino, U.S. Army. Staff Sergeant Christopher S. Potts, Army National Guard. Specialist Dennis C. Poulin, Army. Lance Corporal Matthew K. Sirio, U.S. Marine Corps. Lance Corporal Nicholas D. Schiavone, U.S. Marine Corps. Sergeant Brian R. St. Germain, U.S. Marine Corps. CW5 Sharon T. Swatworth, United States Army. Lance Corporal Abraham Tarwo, U.S. Marine Corps. Lieutenant Junior Grade Francis L. Toner IV, United States Navy. Lance Corporal John J. Van Geisen IV, U.S. Marine Corps. Sergeant Dennis P. Weichel Jr., Army National Guard. Sergeant Michael R. Wiedemann, U.S. Army. Specialist Miguel Holmes, United States Army. Master Sergeant Michael B. Riley, United States Army. Sergeant James G. Johnston, United States Army. Sergeant First Class Elliot J. Robbins, United States Army. Sergeant Major James G. Sator, United States Army. Sergeant William Freeze, United States Army. Specialist Michael Isaiah Nance, United States Army. Private First Class Brandon J. Kreischer, United States Army. Aviation Electronics Technician Mate Petty Officer Second Class Slayton Richard Saldana, United States Navy. Gunnery Sergeant Scott Copenhafer, United States Marine Corps. Specialist Clayton James Horn, United States Army. Master Sergeant Jose J. Gonzalez, United States Army. Master Sergeant Luis F. DeLeon Figueroa, United States Army. Sergeant First Class Dustin Ard, United States Army. Sergeant First Class Elise Barreto Ortiz, United States Army. Sergeant First Class Jeremy W. Griffin, United States Army. 
Sergeant Nathan G. Irish, United States Army. Chief Warrant Officer David Nadel, United States Army. Chief Warrant Officer Kirk Fuchigami Jr., United States Army. Sergeant First Class Michael J. Goble, United States Army. Specialist Henry Mayfield Jr., United States Army. Private First Class Miguel A. Villalon, United States Army. Staff Sergeant Ian P. McLaughlin, United States Army. Specialist Antonio Moore, United States Army. Lieutenant Colonel Paul K. Voss. Captain Ryan S. Fanoff, United States Army. Sergeant First Class Antonio R. Rodriguez, United States Army. Sergeant First Class Javier J. Gutierrez, United States Army. Specialist Brandon Time Kimball, United States Army. Private First Class Walter Lewark, United States Army. Gunnery Sergeant Diego D. Pongo, United States Marine Corps. Captain Moises A. Navas, United States Army. Staff Sergeant Marshall D. Roberts, United States Air Force. Specialist Juan Mendez Covarrubias, United States Army. Sergeant First Class John David Randolph Hilty, United States Army. Sergeant Christopher Wesley Curry, United States Army. Teddy bears and high school rings And old photographs that mamas bring The daddies with their young boys playing ball There's combat boots that he used to wear when he was sent home there There's 50,000 names carved in the wall There's cigarettes and there's cans of beer And notes that say I miss you 
children who don't say anything at all. There's purple hearts and packs of gum, fatherless daughters and fatherless sons. Fifty thousand names Carved in the wall They come from all Across this land In pickup trucks And minivans Searching for a boy From David and rosary beads and crucifixion figurines and flowers of all colors large and small There's a Boy Scout badge and a merit pin Little American flags waving in the wind And there's 50,000 names carved in the wall There's 50,000 names carved in the wall in an accident you'll be dealing with some giant insurance company and they'll be counting on one thing that you don't know jack about personal injury law which is exactly why you need to fight back and call jack hi i'm jack calvino of calvino law associates we know everything you need to know to successfully settle your personal injury case and have 40 years of experience in doing it fight back Call Jack at 401-785-9400 or visit fightbackcalljack.com. Since 1889, we've been your neighbor. At Dean Bank, we take great pride in being a longtime partner in the community. For nearly 120 years, Dean Bank has served our area as a locally managed, community-minded bank, putting our customers in the communities we serve first. And while banks new to the area may try, they never compete with our history of service. At Dean Bank, we have a continuing tradition of service to our neighbors. Dean Bank, what do you see? Member FDIC, member SIF, convenient offices in Franklin, Bellingham, Blackstone, Menden. It's a common misnomer that, that it's a 21-gun salute when we fire the three volleys of rifle fire. There happen to be seven riflemen, so it is a total of 20 shots. But it's not to be confused with a 21-gun salute that's reserved for the President of the United States or heads of state. 
Um, it's, it's three volleys of a rifle team which, composes, which is composed of seven soldiers. The actual uh, tradition of the firing of the three volleys again dates to our Civil War when um, the battles at times were so horrific and it, it would become necessary to remove the dead and the wounded off the battlefields. And a truce would actually be, be called by the armies to do this. And volleys were then fired to signal that they were ready, that this work had been done and they were ready to resume combat. And the one opposing army would fire a volley. Um, the second one would, would fire the volley again to, to show that they were done and that they were ready to resume combat. Then a third would be, would be fired to acknowledge that. And that's the, the tradition of the three volleys of rifle fire, which we can continue today. Ready. Aim. Fire. Ready. Aim. Fire. Ready. Aim. Fire. Not every soldier is recognized for his heroic actions. Indeed, one of the countless tragedies of war is that the bodies of many soldiers are never even identified. On August 3rd, 1956, three years after the end of the Korean War, President Dwight D. Eisenhower signed a bill to select and pay tribute to the unknown soldiers of the Korean War and World War II. These soldiers would be buried in the Tomb of the Unknowns at Arlington National Cemetery. The Tomb of the Unknowns was created in response to the mass casualties of World War I. The idea of honoring the unknown dead, of which there were so many in World War I, began in Great Britain in 1920. Then, in March 1921, the U.S. Congress approved a plan to return the body of an unknown American soldier from the war and bury him with full honors in a tomb to be constructed at the Memorial Amphitheater in Arlington National Cemetery. On Memorial Day, 1921, four unknown soldiers were exhumed from four World War I American cemeteries in France. They were placed in four identical caskets and set before a highly decorated veteran of that war, U.S. Army Sergeant Edward F. Younger. Sergeant Younger ceremonially selected one casket. He later spoke of his decision. I was left alone in the chapel. There were four coffins, all unmarked and unnamed. The one that I placed the roses on would be the one brought home and placed in the National Shrine. I walked around the coffins three times. Then suddenly I stopped. What caused me to stop, I don't know. It was as though something had pulled me. I placed the roses on the coffin in front of me. I can still remember the odd feeling that I had standing there alone. The chosen unknown was transported to the United States aboard the USS Olympia. Those remaining were interred in the Meuse-Argonne Cemetery, France. The selected unknown lay in state at the Capitol Rotunda until midnight on November 10th, 1921. On November 11th, Armistice Day, the casket of that unknown soldier was carried from the Rotunda to Arlington National Cemetery under a military escort. 
Behind the caisson bearing the flag-draped casket walked President Harding, Vice President Coolidge, Chief Justice Taft, and the other justices of the Supreme Court. Members of the Cabinet, Senate, and House of Representatives, generals and other distinguished officers from America's wars and recipients of the Medal of Honor. President Harding officiated at the interment ceremonies at the Memorial Amphitheater at Arlington National Cemetery. He conferred upon the unknown soldier the Medal of Honor and the Distinguished Service Cross. Representatives of foreign governments allied with the U.S. in World War I participated as well, bestowing upon the unknown their own highest military awards. The United States reciprocated this gesture, honoring an unknown soldier from nations of France, Great Britain, Belgium, Italy, and Romania with the Medal of Honor. In the history of the Medal of Honor, these are the only five instances in which the award was presented to a foreign soldier. After World War II, plans were made for the selection and burial of an unknown from that war. But fighting in Korea broke out before the selection process had begun, and the decision was made to postpone until a more appropriate time. That time turned out to be 1958, when unknowns from World War II and the Korean War were selected for burial in the Tomb of the Unknowns. The final selection of the unknown from the Korean War took place on May 15, 1958. All of the unknown war dead from that war had been buried in the National Memorial Cemetery of the Pacific. In that place, four candidates for burial in the Tomb of the Unknowns were placed in identical caskets draped with American flags. Master Sergeant Ned Lyle, a recipient of the Distinguished Service Cross for heroic action in Korea, was designated to make the final selection. He placed a wreath of blue and white carnations on one casket and saluted the remains of the soldier inside. The selection of the World War II unknown took place 11 days later aboard the USS Canberra. Earlier stages of the selection process had resulted in one remaining candidate from the European Theater of Operations and one candidate from the Pacific Theater. Hospital Corpsman First Class William R. Charette, recipient of the Medal of Honor for actions in the Korean War, made the final selection. The selected unknown, along with the unknown from the Korean War, arrived in Washington on May 28, 1958. They lay in state in the Capitol Rotunda until 1 p.m. on May 30th. As the procession moved toward Arlington National Cemetery, the two caissons, each carrying one unknown, traveled side by side. When they reached the cemetery, they shifted into a column led by the caisson bearing the World War II unknown soldier. As the caissons entered the cemetery, 20 jet fighters and bombers passed overhead with one plane missing from each formation. The casket of the World War II unknown soldier was placed in front of President Eisenhower and the Korean War unknown soldier in front of Vice President Nixon.
The Marine Band played the national anthem, and then a bugler sounded attention three times. After a long moment of silence, President Eisenhower placed a medal of honor on each casket. The unknowns of World War II and the Korean War were interred in the plaza beside their World War I comrade. The tomb sarcophagus was placed above the grave of the unknown soldier of World War I in April 1931. The sarcophagus is constructed of seven rectangular pieces of white marble, together weighing 79 tons. On the west panel of the sarcophagus, facing the amphitheater, are the words, Here rests, in honored glory, an American soldier, known but to God. On the east panel, facing the Capitol, three Greek figures have been sculpted. On the left stands peace, holding a dove in one hand. On the right stands valor, bearing a broken sword in his hands. In the center stands victory, holding hands with peace while extending an olive branch to valor. The north and south panels present a total of six inverted wreaths, each representing a major campaign of World War I. West of the sarcophagus are the crypts of unknowns from World War II, Korea, and Vietnam. Those three graves are marked with white marble slabs that lie flush with the plaza. Since April 6, 1948, the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier has been guarded 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, regardless of weather. In blazing sun, freezing snow, and even in the face of hurricanes, the Sentinels continue their watch. The Sentinels, members of the 3rd Infantry, or Old Guard, are famous for the precision of their march and changing of the guard. The Sentinel marches 21 steps across a black mat, past the crypts of each unknown. He then makes a crisp 90-degree turn to face east for 21 seconds. He then makes another 90-degree turn, facing north for 21 seconds. A crisp shoulder-arms movement places the rifle on the shoulder nearest the visitors to signify that the sentinel stands between the tomb and any threat. After that moment, the sentinel paces 21 steps north, turns, and repeats the process. Every hour during the winter and every half hour during summer daylight hours, the sentinels conduct the changing of the guard ceremony. As the new sentinel approaches the relief commander, slowly and with great precision, conducts a white glove inspection of the sentinel's weapon. The two then march to the center of the mat where the active sentinel stops his walk and all three men salute the tomb. The relief commander instructs the active sentinel, pass on your orders. The sentinel replies, 
post and orders remain as directed. The relieving sentinel responds, orders acknowledged. The relieving sentinel then steps into position at the center of the black mat. The relief commander and relieved sentinel exit and the new sentinel begins his march. The unknown soldiers serve to remind us that not all actions of valor are witnessed and recorded in war. We do not know the stories of these men, but we know they gave their lives in a war they did not start to protect the freedom of people who would never know their names. They demonstrate the courage and heroism of every man and woman who goes into combat in service of their nation. They will face threats we can hardly imagine in an attempt to eliminate the dangers that are posed to the men in the trench beside them. Never thought that this is where I'd settle down I thought I'd die an old man back in my hometown They gave me this plot of land Me and some other men For a job well done There's a big white house sits on a hill just up the road man inside he cried the day they brought me home they folded up a flag and told my mom and dad we're proud of your son and i'm proud to be on this peaceful piece of property i'm on sacred ground and i'm in the best of company I'm thankful for those, thankful for the things I've done I can rest in peace, I'm one of the chosen ones I made it to Arlington I remember Daddy brought me here when I was eight We searched all day to find out where my granddad lay and when we finally found that cross He said, son, this is what it cost To keep us free Now here I am a thousand stones away from him He recognized me on the first day I came in And it gave me a chill When he clicked his heels and saluted me proud to be on this peaceful piece of property I'm on sacred ground and I'm in the best of company And I'm thankful for those, thankful for the things I've done I can rest in peace, I'm one of the chosen ones I made it to Arlington Every time I hear 21 guns 
I know they brought another hero home to us. We're thankful for those, thankful for the things we've done. We can rest in peace, cause we are the chosen ones. We made it to Arlington. Yeah, dust to dust, don't cry for us. We made it to Arlington. This is attorney Peter Hopkins. If you need some advice on a criminal matter or a traffic violation, or if you've been injured and you need to speak with a personal injury lawyer, please consider calling my office. I can be reached at 401-356-1043. You can find me at 191 Social Street, Suite 280 here in downtown Woonsocket. Once again, my name is attorney Peter Hopkins, and I'm here to help. For over six years, people in the Blackstone Valley have shopped Family Discount Furniture for all their furniture needs. See why readers of the call voted the number one best in business for mattresses and furniture. Their showroom, 1081 Social Street, Woonsocket, stocked with brand new merchandise available for same-day pickup or next-day delivery. Ask about their no-credit-needed program. Family Discount Furniture, 1081 Social Street, open Monday through Friday, 10 to 6, Saturday, 10 to 5. Call them at 401-597-5911 and be sure to follow them on Facebook. Of all the military bugle calls, none is more easily recognized or more apt to render emotion than the bugle call taps. Once you start the first three notes, it's recognized anywhere in the world. Bugle calls have been used in the United States military ever since there's been a military. A actually, ever since there's been armies. In the Bible, it talks about great trumpet players at the head of a large army. Taps is a very important call because when it's sounded in the evening, it, it, it tells the soldier who's about to go to sleep that everything is safe and secure for the evening, that he doesn't have to worry about being attacked, that there are guards out there on the wall watching. The call is uniquely American, and almost everyone who hears it has an understanding. They've had someone in their family who served as in the military, so it's a very emotional call for them, especially at funerals. 
There are many myths and uh, stories associated with the origin of TAPS. The most popular one is that of a Union captain who finds a wounded Confederate soldier on the battlefield, and it turns out to be his son. He brings the wounded soldier back behind lines, and in his pocket he finds some music. The young man unfortunately dies. In his pocket, the music that he found was the music for TAPS. Now, while this is a wonderful story that tells about how both sides uh, of the Civil War were fought by family members, it's a myth. That wonderful story came about from Robert Ripley's Believe It or Not. Ripley had a television show. The show lasted for 13 episodes before it was pulled. On the last one, the story of the Union captain and his Confederate son appears. Ripley's biographer wrote that even by Rip standards, the, the story was just a little too far-fetched. The true story is that the call came about uh, through General Daniel Butterfield. General Daniel Butterfield loved bugle calls. In fact, he had his own bugle calls made up for his own troops. Bugle calls were very important on the battlefield in that they directed troops uh, which way to go. Sometimes in the confusion of battle, um, it, some troops would not know when a bugle would be sounding. Was that our call or was that for another regiment? So Daniel Butterfield had calls made specifically for his troops. The original bugle call that General Daniel Butterfield didn't like uh, derived from the French as all the bugle calls in the uh, United States military at the time. And it was the call for the lights out and it sounded like this. And as you can tell, that's a very martial sounding call. Daniel Butterfield did not like that call, felt that it was just too formal. He wanted something a little smoother to reflect and evoke the emotion that he felt for his men. He was very proud of his brigade and felt that what they did for him was important and he thought he would like to honor them by coming up with this new bugle call. And what he did was to find an old bugle call that had gone out of service just prior to the Civil War. He took the last five and a half measures and rearranged it. He called in his bugler and together they came up with the new 24 notes we know today as taps. The call was first played in that July evening of 1862. The next morning, buglers approached Norton and asked him, where did you find that call? It's a wonderful new call. He then uh, told them where he had gotten the call and furnished music. Pretty soon, the call was being used by the entire Union Army. The word taps itself is as interesting as the origin of the call. The word taps was at the beginning thought to be a derivation of the Dutch word tap-toe. Now that means turn off the taps. Back during the 1500s, the sergeant major would take a drummer and go through the town beating the tap-toe, signaling all the soldiers should return to the garrison for the final roll call of the day, but also indicating to the barkeepers that they should stop selling liquor to the soldiers. In other words, turning off the tap. Today, the word taps comes from the three drum taps that were played by a solitary drummer on the parade field to actually signal lights out when there wasn't a bugler available to sound the call. In the slang of the soldiers, it was just shortened to the taps instead of the drum taps. And then when the bugle started playing the taps we know today, soldiers naturally called the new piece that they heard in the evening taps.
TAPS probably got its most worldwide airing in 1963 at the funeral of President John F. Kennedy. It not only showed what funerals were like at Arlington, but gave an exposure of TAPS on live television throughout the world. I've sounded TAPS over 2,000 times at national cemeteries. I've sounded TAPS at private funerals. And I have been to funerals where the most hardened combat veteran, once you would start playing it, will start crying. It's always an emotional thing. For the family, it's their one time they're going to hear it. It sort of brings down the curtain on someone's life. And it brings a sense of closure to the family, that final piece of music as the veteran is laid to rest. Traditions are important, and sounding taps is the most sacred duty a bugler can perform. With the closing prayer, WNRI's own Rick Mernier. We are now going to have a word of prayer for the men and women who have given their lives for this country and their families, and for the great nation of the United States of America. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time. We thank you for the men and the women that you have given to us who have bravely stepped forward for this nation, for this country during times of strife. We thank you for their sacrifice today, Lord, and we thank you that on this day, Memorial Day 2021, we can acknowledge their service and their devotion and their dedication to the United States of America. We pray for their families today, Lord, that you would comfort them, give them solace in their time of grief, and Lord, Based upon their sacrifice, again, in the future, bless the United States of America again, Lord. And we thank you for this time. We thank you again for the brave men and women of the United States Armed Forces. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All gave some, and some gave all, and some stood through for the red, white, and blue. Some had to fall And if you ever think of me Think of all your liberties and recall Some gave all And if you ever think of me Think of all your liberties and recall Yes, recall Some give all Some give all